Hey folks, John Solomon here from John Solomon Reports. I'm proud to be on the iHeartRadio app every day with my podcast, with the news that we bring, the exclusive interviews. And you know what else is great? You can listen to any iHeartRadio station anywhere in the country inside this free app. I used to listen to all sorts of radio on my AM or FM radio. Today, I don't have time to be in the car that often. You know where I listen? I listen on the iHeartRadio app. It's awesome. And they have some really cool new features, unlike anything else in the market. One of them is called Talk Back Mike. Anytime I have something to say, I tap the mic and send my voice message and then listen to hear my voice on one of my favorite shows. Isn't that cool? You can send a message to your favorite disc jockey, your favorite podcast show host. So be sure to download the iHeart app radio. If you don't have it right now, the iHeart radio app is a winner. Be sure to download the free iHeart radio app today and start streaming your favorite radio stations, your favorite podcasts, and your favorite music playlists right from the iHeart radio app. Hello, America, and happy Friday. We've got a great show for you today. We're going to end the week with a pretty powerful conversation with Senator Tommy Tuberville. He is in a major fight. Republicans and Democrats alike are trying to pressure him to release his hold on military appointees. He won't do it until he gets the changes he wants on abortion policy. It is an extraordinary battle that's played out now for almost a year, I'm, I'm pretty sure, Senator Tuberville is going to come here himself and describe why it is that he is holding firm. And I think we're going to learn a lot from that today. It really is a remarkable moment. He's got a lot to say about the state of the military as well. I think that that will enlighten all of us as well. In the second block, we're going to talk to Phil Klein, one of the leaders of the Amistad Project, the Election Integrity Group. He has started an effort to raise money for electors, alternate electors in Michigan and Georgia and elsewhere, who are facing criminal prosecution for simply volunteering to be an alternate elector, not to actually proclaim they were elector, but to preserve an option in case there were litigation to challenge the 2020 election. Phil's going to describe why it's important and also how much these alternate electors, he believes, feel abandoned by the American people. And they're going to finish up with one of my favorite former members of Congress, a very thoughtful man, a man who helped really start to turn the tide on the story of January 6th. Former Illinois Congressman Rodney Davis is in the House. We're going to get him as well. So what a show. We're going to start with the senator, end with a former member of Congress, and take one of the great election integrity advocates in the country and put him in the middle. That's a pretty good news sandwich for a Friday, the last Friday heading into the weekend. Next week, remember, is the 22nd anniversary of the September 11th, 2001 tax. And It's something I'm never going to forget as a journalist. I had profound coverage responsibilities that day and for the two years later. And many of the awards I won in journalism stem from my reporting on unraveling 9-11, the failures of the Bush and Clinton administrations, the failure of the FBI and the CIA to connect the dots. I was the reporter who got the very first copy of the Khalid Sheikh Mohammed interrogation documents. He was the al-Qaeda figure that was the mastermind of this. Really a pretty extraordinary moment in my career. And journalism had to be done in the moment of sadness of knowing that America lost so many people on U.S. soil so unnecessarily. 
we will commemorate and celebrate 9-11 again on Monday, and I will be right there with you. But today, we're going to get into some very important issues about the military. I'm always excited when we do that. Now, before we go to commercial break, I want to take a few seconds to remind you all of our many great sponsors. One of them is Birch Gold Group. They've been there from the beginning with us. We get Patrick Phillip on the show. You know how much I think of him. He's a great guy, one of my all-time favorites uh, in terms of being able to give you Facts and information that can inform your decision-making about the economy, your personal finances, about politics. Well, they always do special things for our audience. That's why they're a partner. And so right now, you know, I've been thinking about this, and I think you should be too. Demand for the dollar is weakening. That means the buying power of the American dollar is weak. And that is why Birch Gold Group is busier than ever. Investors and savers are looking to harness the power of physical gold held in a tax-sheltered IRA. Now, to take advantage and get started and learn how you can shelter your retirement savings from the buffets of a very volatile economy and a very volatile stock market, text the word Just News to 989898 for your free info kit on gold. Now, when you get there, you're going to join thousands of happy customers. You're going to be dealing with a, a great company, Birch Gold Group, with an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau, and they also have countless five-star reviews. Those are all street cred as you begin your journey with them, and they're going to take good care of you because they've taken good care of me. Now, you can count on Birch Gold to help you navigate transitioning on existing IRA or 401k accounts into an IRA that holds gold. As the U.S. dollar continues to receive pressure from foreign countries, the threat of new digital currencies like with China and the BRICS nations, central bankers being concerned all across this globe about the state of your economy, here's the thing you do. You watch out for yourself and you arm yourself with information and how to protect your savings. To do that, you're going to text the word Just News to 989898 to just claim a free info kit. That's going to get you started. You're going to learn. I didn't know that you can invest a portion of your retirement in gold. I learned because of the good folks at Birch Gold Group. You should do the same thing. All you got to do, text the word Just News to 989898. All right, when we come back, Senator Tommy Tabardo from the great state of Alabama, he's going to be here to talk about why he's holding firm in the face of so much opposition. We'll have that after these messages. You know what, folks? Stress may be why you can't lose weight. If you've got moderate to high stress like I do, a doctor-formulated weight loss supplement called Lean could be your solution. Chronic stress wreaks havoc on blood sugar, which can cause your body to store excess fat. Stress can also slow your metabolism, which fuels weight gain. And you know all about stress eating and sugar cravings, right? Now the good news. The studied ingredients in Lean have been shown to help maintain healthy blood sugar levels, help optimize metabolism, and keep your appetite under control. Now, if your life is a bit stressful like mine and you want to lose weight, add Lean to your healthy diet and exercise lifestyle. Now get 15% off and free shipping at takelean.com. That's takelean.com and enter the promo code justnews15. That's the promo code justnews15 at takelean.com. One more time, takelean.com. Statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease, and it's not a substitute or alternative for care from a health care provider. Folks, if you owe back taxes, fair warning, you're not going to like this. The IRS is mailing millions of pay-up letters. Millions, I say. Then it's up to the 20,000 new IRS enforcement agents to find you. Why the IRS targets you and not millionaires? Well, because millionaires have tax lawyers. You don't, you'll pay up. 
plus interest and penalties. You need Tax Network USA, and you need them now. Tax Network USA has brilliant war room strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor. Like a preferred direct line to the IRS, they know which agents to deal with and who to avoid. It's not all bad news for you because Tax Network USA learned of a special limited time IRS offer. They're willing to waive $1 billion in penalties if you qualify. So schedule your free confidential consultation to see if you qualify for this limited time IRS penalty canceling offer. To do so, call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000. Or visit tnusa.com slash justnews. That's tnusa.com slash justnews. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. You know, I've been in Washington a very long time, really over 30 30 plus years. And I've seen a lot of people say they were going to take a stand in Washington. And they did for a while, some of them. Most usually buckle their knees when the first criticism comes. And most almost always abandon their cause when the politics suddenly takes the limelight off of them. Our next guest does not fit into that category. Maybe it's because of the great career he created as one of college football's greatest coaches, or maybe just because he's a man of conviction. Joining us right now from the great state of Alabama is Senator Tommy Tupperville. Senator, great to have you on the show. Thank you, John. Thanks for having me on. It's an honor to have you on. And I, I, listen, I've watched Washington a long time. I've covered every conceivable thing I could imagine. I've never seen a dynamic of the way you've been able to hold the line and try to force the Pentagon to do something that matches your convictions, which is not to fund abortion tourism. You've got Republicans, Democrats, the media, everybody, even the Navy secretary calling you names. You aren't relenting, are you? Oh, no. I don't think they they kind of understood my, my, my stand. And I tried to be straightforward with the Secretary of Defense when I I talked to him and wrote him a letter. You know, you can't do what you're getting ready to do. It's number one, it's it's against the law, and number number two, uh, you know, I was elected, uh, campaigned very hard for two years, elected in the Senate to be able to represent and give the people of Alabama an opportunity to vote on a controversial topic like this. And so you're not going you're not going to go around me. Uh, you're going to have to go through me. And uh, it's been interesting. You know, they've come at me from all angles. And, and as we talked earlier, I've, you know, I've been called everything as a coach. But my goodness, I've never been called a terrorist and a communist from uh, from somebody uh, that's supposed to be in, in higher echelon, the Secretary of Navy. And I know him and I talked to him and, and I thought we, we had great conversations before. But I've never talked to him about this subject, John. And he comes out and it, it's obvious this this was instigated from the White House and the Pentagon of, hey, we got to go after this guy. We've got to make him bend and break. And uh, it's not going to work. Yeah, I'm pretty sure of that. I think I was sure of that from the beginning, but I think they may be becoming more sure of it now. I think they've seen what resiliency and resolve looks like. I want to dig into some of the issues because a lot of people listening have probably only heard the story through the mainstream media, and it is so distorted, just factually distorted. The first thing about this is this isn't an ideological stand. This is a legal stand, which is that the Congress has never authorized the Pentagon to spend tax dollars on basically allowing people to travel to wherever they want to go to get an abortion. That's just not been authorized in the budget process. Therefore, it's not legal. Joe Biden's been told by the court lots of times in the last couple of years, you can't do things that Congress doesn't approve. So this is really, first and foremost, the abortion debate aside, this is a question of legality, correct? Exactly. 
you know, and, and I told them uh, at the beginning of this, when, when they told me they were going to change this policy with a memo instead of going through Congress like they should, I said, where are you getting your authorization from? They said, from the DOJ. I said, this DOJ? I said, <laughs> first of all, I wouldn't trust them to, to give any, any answer to any question. Uh, you know, I've, I've seen how they've acted. And uh, I said, the DOJ, again, they're, they're, uh, they weren't elected. Uh, they were appointed. And uh, I was elected, and I, and I deserve a right to vote for the people of Alabama on this, and, and so I'm not going to accept that uh, excuse. So that's kind of where we stand. Now, there's a reality to this, again, that the mainstream media will never acknowledge. You know, if Congress and the Democrats wanted to deal with it, all they'd have to do is pass a law and say, yeah, we're going to authorize it. The problem is they don't have the votes, do they? Exactly. And, and they don't. At the end of the day, though, John, they might could get the votes. But here's the problem. This is an election year coming up. And... And uh, it'd be a bad vote for some people uh, in, in their caucus because I think they have 25 that are up for re-election. And, uh, but that is what it is. Hey, listen, I didn't run for this job to get re-elected. And I think that's their problem right now. They're, they run into some, I hope I get re-elected. But that's not the point of, of why we're in Washington, D.C. We're up here to, to represent the people and not to worry about uh, standing on the fence and worry about if we're going to lose a vote, if we vote this way, lose a vote, if we vote that way. That's not what this is about. It's, we, our country's in bad trouble, John, and we've gotten in trouble because of situations like this. So hopefully, hopefully uh, this will work itself out, but uh, it's not going to work itself out unless we get a vote. But I've been told now, I've been told by several of the Democrats that, hey, Schumer's not going to give you a vote on this. I said, well, he's not going to get a promotion either. Uh, so uh, it's a two-way street here. That's right. Yes. Leverage meets leverage. I want to take on another one of the false narratives. And I thought you did a really powerful job in the Washington Post explaining this. There's been no effect from national security. We're not less able to defend ourselves because of the hold on this. All these positions are filled by acting people with skills and bona fides. The military is running just fine, isn't it? Exactly. You know, and the, they, they bring up the commandant of the Marines, in which I like him. Uh, I think he's going to be very good. Uh, he's been in my office several times. And uh, I told him, I said, you know, I'm, I'm not going to uh, allow your promotion to go through. He said, I will get the job done. I'm going to move up and you do what you need to do, coach. I'll do what I need to do. And he's been doing the job ever since. And so uh, it it worries me that I, I see people talk, you know, from the Pentagon like these are the most important people in the military. Well, they're not. The most important people are the corporals, the privates, the sergeants, the lieutenants, the captains. The people actually do the war fight. The people actually do the training. It's not the generals and admirals that ride around in these black SUVs in Washington, D.C. that have the uh, real nice offices in the Pentagon. Uh, you know, the, I'm, you know, I'm for them because they're on our team, but I'm for the players. I'm for the people that actually do the job. Yeah, and so are the American people. There's one other falsehood here that I think I'd like to try to take on because I, the, the mainstream media just won't address it. This has been, oh, this is wildly unpopular in the military. You can't understand women and men who are in service feel betrayed by Senator Tuberville. It's not true. In fact, I think 5,000 current military members and veterans have signed a letter saying they actually support. They don't believe the Pentagon should be involved in this. Why doesn't that get more attention? Well, because it's it's their narrative. They want to try to put more pressure on me. But I, you know, again, I I'm out in the uh, in the field, so to speak. I just left a speech I, I had in here in Lower Alabama and and talked to veterans. Uh, I've gotten calls, John, from 
from former generals, former admirals, uh, saying stick with what you believe in. Uh, this is not hurting readiness. This will work itself out. But people need to understand that there's more than one way to do things. And uh, you've got to stand up for what you believe and what the people of your state believe, because that's how, why you were elected. Yeah, that's exactly right. And you haven't lost any popularity in Alabama, your state's no. because you're aligned with your constituents' wishes. This is something your constituents actually support you doing. There is such a large dynamic in Washington right now, and clearly starts with President Biden, but it seems like we're trying to achieve peace through failure and or peace through weakness. When you look out, this is a big political dispute, but really the real concerns for America are China is crashing into our military bases and we're not stopping them or not even able to end the penetrations. China's aggressive there. North Korea's firing missiles. Russia's in its second round of invasions of Ukraine. The first also occurred on Joe Biden's watch. The dialogue, it seems, is missing the bigger point that foreign policy is perhaps the thing that's most putting America's security at risk. Your assessment of where we are with China, Russia, and North Korea, three very squeaky enemies right now. We're in trouble. I mean, we're, we're, we're the, we have no foreign policy with this administration. Everything's an apology tour. You know, after Afghanistan, we, we saw and have seen, and I've talked to the people in charge uh, at that time, the the combatant commanders, the generals, and the people in charge, it was it was all Joe Biden. He he just wanted to push this thing through. He wanted to get it done. He got people killed, but it also embarrassed our allies. Our allies, I've traveled the world several times in the last couple of years, and they all go, we weren't even told this was going to happen, and we were there uh, helping the United States of America in Afghanistan. I mean, we ran out on our allies. I mean, we, we did not hold our end of the bargain. And now what we're doing, this BRICS is very, very concerning to me, where we're running Brazil and Russia and India and China and Iran. Now it looks like Saudi Arabia. They're going to control all the all the uh, fossil fuels in the world. Uh, you know, we could do that. But, of course, this group, you know, they, they believe that uh, we can run a world without fossil fuels, which we totally can't. Uh, it's, it's backfiring on them. They know it. Uh, but, you know, our foreign policy right now, I'm on the Armed Services Committee. I don't know know where we stand on a lot of this. Nobody will stand up to Joe Biden. Nobody will stand up to the people that are actually uh, turning our military into an awoke environment. Uh, it's not a fighting machine anymore. Uh, it's more of an appeasement machine. Uh, let's don't let's don't uh, uh, upset anybody. Uh, we need the strongest military in the world. It's not an equal opportunity employer, John. We need the best and the brightest that's going to fight and wants to defend our country. And and right now, um, uh, I want to let the Secretary of Air Force and Navy and Army that, that you know kind of call me out, they need to get back to recruiting because our recruiting is at the worst it has ever been because none of these kids, young people, want to get into the military anymore because of the things that they're teaching. Yeah, it's pretty extraordinary right now. Very concerning very concerned. You know, it's interesting in the proxy war that's going on in Ukraine between America and Russia, our inability to move supply chain and weapons in a way that actually keeps the battlefield funded. And, you know, we're, we're working through an ally right now, or, but this war has exposed a lot of capabilities. We've spent a lot of time on social issues in the military, but our ability to get ammunition, get things into the field seems to have been really, really slow in the last two years. What are you learning at the Armed Services Committee about military capabilities just from 
our assistance in the Ukraine war? Do you see gaps and weaknesses in the supply chain? Oh, there's been no organization to it. It's just been, hey, send us money. We'll ship it over there. We'll send them whatever they need. We'll do this. We'll do that. And it's it's just been a, a, a conglomeration of, of things that we were going to do. Some we did, some we didn't. We can't get an accounting on anything, John. We, uh, Rand Paul, Senator Rand Paul, tried to get uh, the IG that was in charge of Afghanistan, which was very, very good, by the way, uh, in charge of uh, the inspector general. John position Sopko, in, right? Yeah. And we wanted him to say, OK, where's all this money going? Where's all the weapons going? Uh, are they going to the right place? Of course, the Democrats didn't want him because uh, he would do, actually do his job. So uh, it's just it, it's just it's a total mess. It's uh, I mean, this is not we're not the United States of America right now. We're 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 something uh, that we've never been before. And we're headed down the wrong road because, as you said earlier, you know, all these socialist ideas aren't working. Our NATO is about to fall apart. Seven of uh, 31 of them are paying their end of the bargain uh, when it comes to the the, the uh, Defense Department that they're funding. It's and, and look at what's happening. We have really, really uh, done Germany wrong in some of those uh, countries because of what has happened to, you know, the pipelines with Russia, where they normally get all their their uh, fossil fuels or gas or whatever. And, of course, we're not doing anything. We can't help them. And so it, we're, we're between a rock and a hard place, and so are our allies. But BRICS is growing, and it's growing leaps and bounds. they got a lot of positive things going in their direction. We better get control of this uh, because I don't know whether we can ever get it back if we let it get too far out. Yeah, no, there's a point of no return, particularly in foreign policy. That's one of the things that is, I think, scary. Uh, One last question. There's been a lot of reports this week about these Chinese nationals who penetrated U.S. military bases. Of course, there's also a very large corresponding growth in Chinese nationals coming across the border illegally. Nothing happens by accident in China. It's such a controlled country government. How concerning is it that these bases have been penetrated? And what, if anything, have you learned or has Congress been told to explain what China might be up to with this? Well, first of all, we better understand. And you can't understand the problem unless you understand it and know what it is. And our problem is China. And their their goal is to take over as world dominance. And uh, they do everything they possibly can, but they do it in the right way. I mean, uh, you know, right or wrong, you these Confucius Institutes they have over here, uh, we better start understanding what they're doing by, by educating uh, a lot of people in what they do and how they do it, and also educating their students and sending them back, but also our technologies and our research. Uh, a lot of that is very, very concerning. And they're not just in a few states. They're all over this country. And, uh, you know, the money that they send over here is just absolutely amazing, you know, to get their young people educated. But you're right. I mean, they're infiltrating everything. Uh, and we're, we're walking around with blinders on. Uh, we, we, uh, we, we're, we're trying to be too nice to everybody. And sooner or later, we got to start standing up for the American people. The taxpayers of this country, it's their money. We're wasting. We're sending it to Ukraine when we should be doing other things with it. We got our border wide open. We're not the United States of America that has been. Uh, we're wannabes. And uh, to be the United States that we were, our our, our parents and our great grandparents, we got to stand up to other people across the world and, and let them know that hey, we're number one. You're not. There's no second in war, John. There's always only one winner in war. 
There's no seconds. No trophies for second place in, in foreign policy or national security. Last question, sir. Do you feel confident that your party has the right message and the right engagement? You look at the polling, there is historically high dissatisfaction with uh, both Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. The economy is not going well. People think we're on the wrong path. We're a laughing stock on the world stage in many people's eyes. Do you think Republicans have found that message that we're going to make America affordable and safe again? And do you have the tools, the mindset as a party to win in 2024? Because that's going to be the one thing that changes the direction of this country. Yeah, I think we do. We got a lot of people that I think understand that. And of course, this election is going to be huge. I'm a Donald Trump fan. And I'll tell you why, because he believes in this country first. We got to put America first. We can't help anybody else unless we help us first. We got to be first in everything. Our economy is going to heck in a handbasket. We got to start drilling for oil and gas again. We, we're foolish if we think we can we can do that. We got to get away from this climate control mess uh, that the Democrats are trying to put up push on us. We're all environmentalists. We want to take care of our environment, but you can't run a country without fossil fuels. It is impossible. They know that. We know that. But it's just something that they're trying to push on the American people. But we've got to take care of our institutions, John. I'm worried to death about our FBI, the DOJ, you know, the infiltration of, of socialism that we've seen in, in, in education. That's one of the reasons I ran. Our education is a complete mess right now. Uh, the teachers' unions have absolutely run it to ground. We've got to let our kids get an education. If it uh, if it, it has to be for school choice, let's do it. Let's get our kids educated again. We need to be the smartest country in the world uh, and understand there's got to be common sense that go along with education. Yeah, it does. And the performance that we've seen, the drop in performance at, at reading and math just since the pandemic, and of course, in urban areas, the fact that sometimes 50, 60, 70% of a school gives a diploma to a student who literally doesn't have the skill sets to succeed in the next phase of their life is one of the greatest negative legacies the the current generation of educators is opposing on America. And I know you've been really fighting for that. Senator, if people want to learn more about what you're doing, why you're doing this, because there's so much misinformation out there, what's the best way for them to stay in touch with you and to keep apprised about the real fight, not the one that's been portrayed in the medium? Yeah, just Tommy Tuberville for uh, Senate. Uh, I mean, it's, we've got websites. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not out there campaigning. I'm out there trying to do what's best for the people of Alabama. But, uh, you know, it, we're, we're all over social media. We're like everybody else, John. Main thing is, main thing is we, we try to stay on top of everything. Uh, we don't have all the answers, but we want to try to work to get the answers to the American. we got to start thinking for the American public. Right now, the American taxpayers last on the agenda for the Democratic Party. They could care less. Uh, you know, and, and again, I, I tell people since I've been there for three years, it's not about Republicans and Democrats. It's about people that love our country and the people that want that hate our country that want to change it to something else. Uh, that, that's unfortunately, I think, the uh, you know, the, the sides that we have right now. And there's a lot of good Democrats and, and, and a lot of good Republicans. But we got to get people thinking the same way in this country and get us back on the same track. And that that's the reason I think Donald Trump's the person, because he's not a politician. He care less. You know, he just want to do what's best. Yeah. Well, country before politics would be a nice change in Washington. And of course, you, you have brought that from the moment you set foot in this town. And I think there's a lot of people great for that, grateful for that. Senator, great honor to have you on. And thank you for such a good update. We really, really appreciate your time today. Thank you, John. God bless. You as well, sir. God bless you. All right, folks, don't go anywhere. When we come back, Phil Klein in the house. That's going to be a big one. We'll have that in a few seconds. 
Folks, we're sponsored today by Donors Trust, the tax-friendly way to preserve your charitable giving. In times of crisis, those with a giving spirit and a desire to build up civil society find ways to be helpful. And that's when it's good to have a charitable resource ready to deploy when they're needed most. Donors Trust offers donor-advised funds or giving accounts. You can use these funds as your own charitable investment account and manage your charitable giving in a way that's smart, tax-advantaged, aligned with your values, and private. Donors Trust clients are using their funds to support charities helping their local communities while also using their giving account to simultaneously support think tanks and liberty-minded organizations that believe our constitutional rights shouldn't get lost in a time of emergency. Now is the time to take a closer look at Donors Trust and join their community of liberty-minded donors by opening a donor-advised fund. Go to DonorsTrust.org slash JustNews for the ultimate survival guide to charitable giving and learn how a donor advised fund can preserve your ability to give to the charities you love. That's DonorsTrust.org slash JustNews. Folks, if you owe back taxes, fair warning, you're not going to like this. The IRS is mailing millions of pay-up letters. Millions, I say. Then it's up to the 20,000 new IRS enforcement agents to find you. Why the IRS targets you and not millionaires? Well, because millionaires have tax lawyers. You don't, you'll pay up. Plus interest and penalties. You need Tax Network USA, and you need them now. Tax Network USA has brilliant war room strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor. Like a preferred direct line to the IRS, they know which agents to deal with and who to avoid. It's not all bad news for you because Tax Network USA learned of a special limited time IRS offer. They're willing to waive $1 billion in penalties if you qualify. So schedule your free confidential consultation to see if you qualify for this limited time IRS penalty canceling offer. To do so, call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000. Or visit tnusa.com slash justnews. That's tnusa.com slash justnews. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. You remember a couple of weeks ago, there's a profound moment on this show. We had Alan Dershowitz, by the way, a man who openly admits he voted for Joe Biden to oppose Donald Trump, a lifelong liberal card-carrying member of the ACLU and give all yellow labels that he likes to throw at you. But he's always been an honest broker in the legal space. He calls things by what they really apply to in the law. And he said something profound. He said, if the standard that was applied in Georgia and Michigan in these cases against the electors and Donald Trump was applied in 2000, you would be interviewing me right now from prison because I did these things. I suggested and contacted alternate electors. I suggested challenging the things. I publicly said I didn't trust the results of the 2000 election. I'd be in prison under the very standards that have been applied to the alternate electors in Michigan and the alternate electors in Georgia. Well, our next guest is one of the few conservatives that has not abandoned those electors. He's out there raising money and creating an opportunity to provide legal defenses for those who have been accused and now criminally charged and has seen their lives and their bank accounts wrecked by all of this uh, silliness. He also has been the champion, I think the number one champion for election integrity over the last five years. Joining us right now from the Amistad Project, our good friend, Phil Klein. Phil, great to have you back on the show. Same here, John. Great to be with you. 
Uh, you know, when these cases came down, it's hard to find a Republican or conservative to stand behind the people that two or three years ago, many were cheering on when these questions about the 2020 election came up. And again, we're not talking about people that stormed the Capitol or assaulted office. We're talking about people that were trying to preserve legal options by declaring themselves an alternate elector, having a different slate, so that if they won in court, maybe something could happen very few people standing behind him. Why did you jump into the void and describe what you did? We had a story on the site, but tell people what you've created. Well, we've teamed together with the Michigan Conservative Coalition to do a telethon most recently. And we've also got a website called uh, Defend the Electors, defendtheelectors.com, to try to put together the funding so that they can have a vigorous defense. They deserve it. They have the right to it under the Constitution. And it is transparent that this is nothing more than an assault from one political party against their political opponents. This is not about breaking the law. This is not about saving democracy. In fact, uh, Newt Gingrich was on the telethon with me, and he said that the actions of these prosecutors is the greatest threat towards American liberty since the Civil War. That's a pretty profound statement. Yeah. That is. And, and he's absolutely right. John, when you look at all of the investigative effort here, and that includes the January 6th committee that subpoenaed personal bank records and donation records and all of those things and put people under oath in Washington, D.C. for years, then you have the Department of Justice, then you have local uh, uh, prosecutors and attorneys general in all of the indictments that have come down. There is not one allegation, not one, that somebody threatened somebody with violence, that somebody encouraged violence, or that somebody engaged, permitted, or allowed violence. Not one. All of the allegations are somebody spoke to somebody and they complained about the election result. My God, if we're gonna start putting in prison those who complain about government performance on a key issue like elections, we better build, well, prisons to lock up half of America because the faith in the elections. Our founding fathers thought the ability to contest election was important. It's called protected political speech. It's why we created the First Amendment, for goodness sake. Why is there not, uh, and this is a, a big culture issue. I mean, there, there are many things that you just unpacked in a very profound statement. One is we simply weaponize the law enforcement system to neutralize a political opponent, not to carry out the law, just to neutralize a political opponent. But there's this larger ethos that has spread across America quicker than I could ever have imagined that free speech shouldn't be free anymore. We create disinformation agencies. We have the FBI going to Twitter, censoring people. We have the intelligence community making false statements to cancel people saying, Dr. Biden laptop is rushing disinformation when there wasn't an iota. And now we're saying, you do not have the right. You'll, you'll be a criminal if you say, I don't trust the election result. When did free speech suddenly stop becoming free in the minds of so many Americans? Well, it's, it's been under assault for some time. On the left, there have been several writings that the tolerance of speech um, could endanger democracy. And you go all the way back into the 1960s where leftist philosophers were writing that up. Now, what's happened is they captured institutions such as higher education and, and parts of the legacy media. They've captured that. And many of our youth... You know, you go to college campuses, they believe they have a right to a safe space. Now, nobody should be endangered as to their physical health. 
<laughs> we all agree with that. But to say that debating ideas makes me feel unsafe, and so therefore we need to silence another's idea, that is, the, that, that is what they're teaching right now. And, John, you know this, freedom and liberty is one of the most insecure places in which you can find yourself. It requires self-responsibility. It, it is uncertain because you always have to test your thoughts and be open to new ideas and making mistakes and learning. And what we're teaching our youth is that government's role is to keep them feeling secure, not to keep them free. And if you turn over that type of power to government, government's role is to keep me from hearing an idea that I might be offended from. A buy. You have given government unlimited power. And it's a false promise because government will never, ever deliver on that. And it, it takes you to Niemöller's quote as, as Nazi Germany blossomed. And he said, first they came after, and I was not one, and I didn't speak up. Then they came after, and I was not one, and I didn't speak up. And he goes through a whole list of marginalized groups of people. And then he says, and when they came after me, there was no one left to speak. And so our, uh, we've got a generation of Americans, I believe, that have been taught that government's role is to keep them feeling happy. And it's not. And by the way, the Republican Party has participated in some of that, trying to get a government fixed to every problem in existence. When government can't fix some of these problems, nor should it try. But they believe that, that it's, it's kind of like worshiping government. If there's a problem, government ought to fix it. That's kind of the attitude that is out there today. And that attitude has ceded such authority and power to government that when it has that power, it will abuse it. The other thing we're lacking in America is a sense of history. Every time this occurs in history, people get smashed. Society becomes utilitarian. What is the best for the greatest outcome? And, and and we are the most anti-democratic society in human history. Here's what I mean by that. We're a democratic Republican, republic, but we have the most anti-democratic document there is. It says that if one person wants to speak it and 330 million disagree, they get to speak it. If one person believes it and 330 million disagree, they get to believe it. And that document is now crumbling before us, and with it goes individual liberty, because there's no constraints on government power when that document goes. And that's the Bill of Rights. Yeah, no, it is. About 20 years ago, I went to the Freedom Forum at a time when it celebrated freedom of the press, which, by the way, I'm not sure our press is very free right now. By its own choosing, I will say that, too. They've allowed themselves to be co-opted by government. But there were two insignias on one of the walls, and I've kept them always near me. And when, every so often, I try to remind myself of this. One of them is a quote from Ben Franklin. He wrote it in one of his newspapers as a, as a pseudonym. But it said, whoever would overthrow the liberty of a nation will begin by subduing the freeness of speech. That was his profound warning. And by the way, almost 40 years before the revolution began. But he understood that free speech was the quintessential freedom for all liberty. And about a century later, a lionized figure of the Civil War and of the anti-slavery movement, Frederick Douglass, said almost identical, no right was deemed by the fathers of the government more sacred than the right of speech. It was in their eyes, as in the eyes of a thoughtful man, the great moral renovator of society and government. Two men in the first and second generations of the founding of our country 
realizing that it was quintessential to our moment. And yet in these Michigan and Georgia cases and in the disinformation office that Joe Biden came up with and in the Homeland Security censorship efforts of the 2020 election, free speech was not just trampled on. It was literally eradicated in various instances. Do you see any moment right now, you have been an attorney general, you have been a champion of liberty for a long time. Is there any counteroffensive that has the ability to change this really strong march against the first two freedoms in our constitution? Well, I think so. I think, I think it's going to require one of the two major parties to recognize, and, and unfortunately, I don't believe it's going to be the left. Maybe some of the civil libertarians will fight for this, but we have to push power down and stop consolidating power. And what has happened in our media-driven society is a congressman starts to believe that it's their job to fix everything that's out there. And so we have more bills introduced to fix all kinds of problems that constituents raise to them that get on national television each year than we can count. And it keeps giving power to an administrative state that's going to protect itself. I'm convinced of this, John. This is part of the problem. If there, if there was a newspaper article that said America ranks in the bottom third of happiness in the world, there'd be a bill introduced in Congress that says Americans shall be happy. And then it gives all of the power to implement that law to the administrative state. And then you get all the lobbyists, all the counselors, all those people trying to get a part of the largesse by writing up the rules of what Americans must do, which would probably put us all in counseling and result in a law that says if you frown on a street corner, you can be arrested. That's how our country functions. If, if there is a concern of the American people, congressmen start jumping on TV and saying, I'm going to fix it. And they can't. And they shouldn't try. And unless we get back to that understanding that, for example, education occurs where a parent, a teacher, and a child interact, not in the windowless bureaucratic offices of Washington, D.C. Community problems are solved by the people who are experiencing the problem getting together and working through solutions, not a new statute coming out of Congress. All of that removes political accountability from authority. And when you do that, you get tyranny. And that's what we're doing with the administrative state and with the left declaring emergencies right and left. They actually say Congress is not relevant. The courts are not relevant. We're going to decide what the law is today. And they, they manipulate COVID fear and all of that to claim that right. If we don't rise up, now this is the big issue. Will Americans wake up from their distraction? You know, I'm going to watch the Chiefs tonight. It's opening of the NFL season. Yeah, of course. I'm going to set aside Patrick that Mahomes yeah, night. I can't wait. And Lions. <laughs> but, uh, but we got to pull away from our distraction because there's a deep reservoir of understanding liberty in America. And that is you have to treat people equally before the law. You shouldn't weaponize government against its people. If, if we can wake up that reservoir that, that, that hearkens for liberty, we will prevail but it will take principled leadership and dedicated communication towards those principles. And I'm not seeing that right now by our leaders. And I also think that one of the things that has happened is the generations that came after you and I, Phil, 
they were indoctrinated for a long time to no longer believe that free speech was a good thing. And so you have maybe one or two generations, uh, Gen Z and, and millennial, that are coming out of schools being said, you should suppress free speech for the good of a larger collective. Now, I have no idea what that means, but it's very threatening to the American experience, that I'm sure of. So the, these these politicians now have created a self-absorbed audience, an audience that believes what they said because they were preconditioned to believe it from their education system. Uh, it is a, a moment for every parent, grandparent, aunt and uncle to realize that if you have a young person in your life, you might want to go back and have a conversation because they might not have gotten the free speech conversations that you and I and they got in school. They've been given some other message. And I think it's the preconditioning that made this last four or five years of crushing dissent uh, so so powerful. It starts in the education system. How can people get involved? You've, you've created the telethon. You've got this fundraising effort. Uh, if someone says, hey, I want to join Phil. I want to get on the front lines. I want to protect these people. I may not even agree with what these people do, but I'll tell you what, I agree that they should be protected because dissent is protected in America. What's the best way for someone to uh, support and help uh, the very people you're trying to help? Defendtheelectors.com. So go, go there and, uh, and, and help them out. And I encourage you to. And John, your comment on education, um, get this. And my social studies teacher, in my senior year of high school, set up a debate at our high school between the bl a black Muslim leader and the grand dr dragon of the Ku Klux Klan. And he, he trusted our minds enough that we would see the hate, we would see the racism, and, and that we would reason to the right decision. And right now you've got a government in America that doesn't trust its citizens. It wants to keep information from them. It wants to punish them if they think wrong. And, and we see that consistently with the policy of this administration. They don't trust Americans with their freedom. And, and if you allow that government to continue, you will lose your freedom. That is what's at stake. And the founding fathers warned that the, if you eroded this one freedom, all the others would fall behind it. And we just need to educate people all the more. It's a, it's a moment for a national conversation, unlike one we've had in a long time. But... It's one we probably need to have. And um, what you're doing is is one big step in trying to right or wrong. Even if you don't agree with what happened, you have to agree that the Constitution and this great country that we created uh, allowed for it to happen. It, it was legal to uh, express dissent. And that is the part of this that really has to be um, That's right. reversed. Phil, always an honor to have you on our audience. Loves everything you do, everything the Amistad Project does, everything that you're working on to make our country better. And uh, we'll get you on real soon again. Thanks, John. Appreciate it. Thanks, my friend. Good to talk to you. All right, folks, we're going to finish up the afternoon in just a few seconds. First, we're going to take a commercial break. When we come back, former Illinois Congressman Rodney Davis, a man who championed truth about January 6th, a man who has some advice and some interesting perspective because it's actually true. When the government shuts down in these last-minute budget stalemates, the bureaucrats find a way to make it more expensive than it would have been if they stayed open. Like, I think the last study I saw showed $4 billion of unnecessary shutdown and startup expenses. That's just crazy, isn't it? Well, Rodney Davis is going to explain that dynamic to us. So at least you're educated. You can make whatever mind you want. You might support a shutdown. You might want to keep the government open. I don't know. But at least you're going to know the cost. Rodney Davis is going to give you that right after these messages. All right, folks, as we draw near to another critical election, it's not only about casting your vote, it's about elevating 
your voice, making your voice be heard. AMAC is more than just a senior discount organization. They unite like-minded patriots like you and I, committed to preserving our cherished values and actively opposing the leftist agenda that's sweeping across America. Just look at their recent victories. AMAC members helped to push forward an investigation into practices that inflate drug prices. They successfully defeated ranked choice voting in order to protect traditional voting methods, and they've also helped block a federal takeover of elections. As AMAC's membership grows, Washington is listening. Every new member strengthens this movement. If you love America, visit AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News to become a four-year member for just $30. That's a great discount. AMAC is not only better for America, it's better for you. Membership gives you access to the AMAC magazine, free social security and Medicare guidance, money-saving discounts, trusted news, sweepstakes, and so much more. It's a community, not a service. Take advantage of our election year sale, four years for just $30 at AMAC. By joining over 2 million Americans, they can't ignore your voice in Washington anymore. Join now at AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S forward slash Just News. Folks, everyone knows the next medical crisis is just around the corner. Whether it comes in the form of a pandemic or something much more mundane like a tick bike, you and your family need to be prepared. That's what we learned from this last pandemic, right? That's where the wellness company comes in. You know the wellness company. We have their great doctors like Dr. Peter McCullough on all the time on our shows. The wellness company and their doctors are medical professionals that you can trust. And the new medical emergency kits are the gold standard when it comes to keeping you safe and healthy, and most importantly, prepared. Be ready for anything. This medical emergency kit contains an assortment of life-saving medications, including ivermectin and z The medical emergency kit provides a guidebook to aid in the safe use of all of these life-saving medications. So you know what you're doing. From anthrax to tick bites to COVID and even the bioweapon like the plague, the wellness company's medical emergency kit is exactly what you need to have on hand to be prepared. Rest assured knowing that you have emergency antibiotics, antivirals, and antiparasitics on hand to keep you and your family safe from whatever the globalists throw your way. Go to www.twchealth/justnews today in order. That's twc.health/justnews and use the promo code justnews to save 10%. Joining us right now, the former congressman from Illinois, Rodney Davis. Congressman, good to have you back on the show. It's great to be with you both, John and Amanda. Thanks for, thanks for calling. We love having you on the show. Uh, we just had a little breaking news as we were uh, kicking off the show here. A court has ruled that Jack Smith, the special prosecutor, can't access all the data on Congressman Scott Perry's phone. A, a good separation of powers ruling. I know a lot of people have been concerned about just how far prosecutors may go into congressional stuff. Just your quick reaction on that. You did a lot of January 6th work, a lot of the most important work on January 6th. Uh, your thoughts on the court coming down on the side of separation of powers? Well, I think that's great. I mean, obviously, there is a separation of powers between the executive branch and the legislative branch. It needs to be respected. And unfortunately, it's through some very liberal prosecutors in the past. They tried to break that veil. My message to them is be careful what you ask for, because that process would then work both ways. Um, I know Scott. Scott's a friend of mine, and I certainly don't want to see anything that's on his phone. Yeah. Um, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I, I want to throw it back to John's reporting that he teased at the top of the show. We all remember those infamous comments by Valerie Jarrett uh, insinuating that President Obama did not have 
any scandals during his administration. And I just think of Spygate and Benghazi and the Lois Lerner scandal and James Rosen targeting and AP targeting and Fast and Furious and GAO and the VA scandal. And those are just the ones that I can think of off the top of my head. And when John and I reported on those 5,400 emails last week at NARA uh, that utilized Joe Biden's numerous pseudonyms, we, we talked about this on air. We said, I wonder how many of these other folks within his vice presidential administration with, with Obama as president, how many more of those people are going to be looped up in all of that? What, what, what's your purview, your outlook on all of this? Should, do you think the House should uh, pro, uh, proceed with impeachment? Well, first off, seeing that Joe Biden, when he was vice president, had numerous fake emails that the archives now says that they possess over 5,000 of them. Uh, number one, why is the vice president himself sending 5,000 emails? Number two, how many email addresses did he need? And who else was using fake alias email addresses in the White House? These are questions that need to be asked of the entire Obama administration. And when did Barack Obama know and when did he know it? If he didn't know that his vice president was using uh, aliases to conduct business with his son Hunter and his associates, he certainly should have known that Vice President Biden had a conflict of interest when he basically said, you fire Victor Shulkin or you're not getting American taxpayer dollars to help the country of Ukraine, which is what he did. And everybody in that White House needs to explain when they knew about this issue and what they did about it or they didn't do anything. Yeah, that's a great. That is a, one of the most important questions that remains unanswered for most of the people around Joe Biden. We got some new documents last week that show that he was told to do the opposite, give the billion dollars and keep choking. And Joe Biden kind of freelanced and changed that. And I think that's going to raise a lot of questions. I want to turn to a subject that you have led on for a long time, election integrity. Um, you have always wanted to make voting easier, but cheating harder. There's an extraordinary set of documents that we gotten over the last couple of weeks out of Michigan State Police and Muskegon, Michigan Police, that show that they had uncovered what they believe. In fact, even the Democratic Attorney General of Michigan says it looks like there was this ballot application fraud scheme going on, not just in Michigan, but all across the country. They give it to the FBI early in 2021, and here it is almost the start of the 2024 election season, and nobody knows what happened to it. Uh, the idea that the FBI may not be able to give the American public an answer what went on there concerning to you, particularly with absentee ballots? Yeah, this, this is exactly why when I was in Congress, we fought the nationalization and the federalization of our election system. Democrats wanted to nationalize voter registration processes. Yeah, they wanted to nationalize ballot processes, voting processes, whether or not there were going to be certain hours in every individual state for early voting processes, or like I said, ballot harvesting, which is a, a process that's already been rife with fraud from Republican and Democratic operatives. But this doesn't surprise me. The voter registration process has been corrupt in many states for years. I can harken back to the 2018 election. In my district, there were certain precinct workers that were taking Jimmy John's receipts as proof of registration and allowing same-day voter registration for many individuals. I almost lost that race. Thankfully, I didn't. But in the end, this is a process that has to be solidified. And Democrats are not willing to fix it until somebody's held accountable. And I certainly hope the Michigan Attorney General, Michigan prosecutors, and the FBI do their job and provide accountability here. Yeah, that's a good point. So important. Absolutely. And and, and even on the flip side of an election, 
you know, even if you feel like things are safe and secure, there there will always be questions about elections. And the First Amendment is so vitally important. And, and that one aspect of it, petitioning your government, having questions about elections, I think is is a very healthy part of what happens in this country on Election Day. And you now have folks like Phil Klein with the Amistad Project, who is now setting up a nonprofit organization to help out financially some of these electors who are facing criminal charges. Should that fall on a nonprofit or or should the national party, should the RNC get involved in helping this? Because again, we have to be able to ask questions. Well, I, I think those are going to have to be decided on an individual basis. But the bottom line is, um, the bottom line is challenging electoral votes is not new to January of 2021. Uh, I stood, I sat on the House floor and watched some of my former colleagues like Jamie Raskin and Jim McGovern challenged Trump electors in states that he won overwhelmingly. Think back to 2004 when there was actually a vote on the House floor to take away George W. Bush's electors in Ohio. And you had many current uh, Democratic ranking members, former chairs of committees in the last two Congresses that voted to actually take away George W. Bush's Ohio electors. So challenging elections has not been anything new. And this is a process that we need to work toward fixing on the front end so that Americans can have faith in elections. That's why I'm proud to to see that Chairman Style and Chairman Loudermilk and many others on the House Administration Committee introduced the American, American Confidence in Elections Act. It keeps our federalist principles, but it fixes many of these problems that you John and Amanda have been bringing to the American people on a regular basis. Yeah, it's a, uh, a lot of that law encapsulate all the great work, sir, that you did over the years to highlight the problems and get the fixes on the table. It's good to see that bill moving forward in the House. Uh, sir, we got about 45 seconds left. I want to ask real quickly, the economy, it seems like it is the number one issue. People are fleeing Illinois in record numbers. We just had that story this morning. Uh, it seems like this is going to be a pocketbook election. Uh, what advice would you give your colleagues in, in uh, Congress and on the presidential trail about keeping that front and center? Well, keep it front and center. Explain to the American people where you're saving their taxpayer dollars, where when you look long term, you're going to see savings. Uh, in the end, it's a split government. So we still have to govern. The worst thing we can do is go into a government shutdown because frankly, government doesn't shut down. 75% of all the federal outlays will continue because they're mandatory spending. Uh, and in the end, everybody who, who is furloughed gets paid extra. And when they reopen, it actually costs taxpayers more. Find some common sense, find some common sense savings ideas, get it done, let's govern. All right, folks, that wraps up another edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News. So grateful you joined us. Hey, a quick reminder, our good friends at Birch Gold Group are there to help you insulate your retirement funds from the buffets of this very unstable economy, this very volatile stock market. If you want to get your 401k or IRA, if it's eligible to be converted to an IRA in gold, all you got to do is text the word Just News to 989898. One more time. Just news to 989898 for a free info kit on gold. It's going to teach you all the ways you can save tax free in your retirement and even transfer money so that it is hedged in a market where the stock market has been, well, 
just downright uncomfortable. You know that. All right, one more time. Text the word Just News 989898. Go do that today and let the people at Birch Gold Group, you appreciate them supporting me and Just the News and John Solomon Reports and Just the News No Noise because they support all that. They make our journalism possible. One more time. Just News 989898. All right, folks, that wraps up our Friday edition. We'll have another show on Saturday and Sunday. Some good guests. You're going to want to stay tuned. Ron Johnson is going to be in the house. Marjorie Taylor Greene's going to be in the house. Buck your seatbelt. It's going to be fun. All right, that wraps it up. We'll see you tomorrow. Have a good day. God bless and good night. You know what, folks? Stress may be why you can't lose weight. If you've got moderate to high stress like I do, a doctor-formulated weight loss supplement called Lean could be your solution. Chronic stress wreaks havoc on blood sugar, which can cause your body to store excess fat. Stress can also slow your metabolism, which fuels weight gain. And you know all about stress eating and sugar cravings, right? Now the good news. The studied ingredients in lean have been shown to help maintain healthy blood sugar levels, help optimize metabolism, and keep your appetite under control. Now, if your life is a bit stressful like mine and you want to lose weight, Add lean to your healthy diet and exercise lifestyle. Now get 15% off and free shipping at takelean.com. That's takelean.com and enter the promo code justnews15. That's the promo code justnews15 at takelean.com. One more time, takelean.com. Statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease, and it's not a substitute alternative for care from a health care provider. Can't pay the IRS? Haven't filed in a while? Receiving threatening letters? Yeah, it's about to get worse. The IRS is hiring an army of agents targeting hardworking Americans like you. You need warriors on your side. You need Tax Network USA. Tax Network USA employs brilliant strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor. For instance, they've discovered a limited-time special offer that the IRS is willing to waive $1 billion in penalties. Find out if you qualify before it's too late. Never call the IRS alone. Let Tax Network USA attorneys handle it. They have preferred direct lines to the IRS. They know which agents to work with and which to avoid. They've resolved over $1 billion in tax debts and offer a best-in-class guarantee. Schedule your free consultation now. Call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000. Or visit taxnetworkusa.com slash victor. taxnetworkusa.com slash victor.